so fucking much. Hello, Horror House. It's your lovely host, Sam Carlson, again. And welcome to another episode of Sheebie-Jeebies, the horror podcast by fans, for fans, and about fans. All, as always, brought to you by Eternally Bored Productions here in the lovely split-level studio-ass apartment. Today we have to talk about something that's painful. Painful to me personally. It's just... Ugh. Is the first movie of 2020, first horror movie for sure. Maybe I think it was the only new release on January 3rd. But we are talking about The Grudge. And who did I strong arm into seeing this and talking about this with me? And who's currently held at gunpoint that you can't prove that it's not because uh, it's a podcast is uh, Tall Chris. Oh, my long suffering husband to be. To be. Well, I mean, eh, close enough. We're engaged. We're getting married in March. Yeah, exactly. A couple months Whatever. From now. I got my wedding ring in yesterday. It's all good. So, got my wedding dress. So, it's just going to Vegas, sign the papers. And I'm trying my best to avoid talking about the grudge. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. The grudge is just horrendous. Just. Uh, You know, I know, like, we're just going to shit all over this movie. I'm going to have to try and approach it from some sort of logical angle. Because, you know, I know a lot of you guys out there have probably heard how bad this is. And everybody who's saying how bad it is is fucking right. But who asked for this movie? Why did we make this? Nobody needed to make The Grudge again. The only thing I can think of is if they're trying to keep the license, so they have to make a movie to keep the license. But just do that fucking live action uh, Fantastic Four. I'm sure that was better than this. Yeah, I mean, there was a whole big thing about, ooh, this one's rated R, all the other ones are PG-13. But this movie isn't scary. Oh, It no. doesn't really do anything. And it's weird because it's kind of technically canon with the other Grudge movies. It, it, we do it, see it a, I think beginning. we see a picture of yeah. Sarah Michelle Gellar, <sighs> uh, yeah, from the, the, the old remake. Yeah. Which, honestly, that remake that was directed by Takashi Shimizu, who did Juon, that was probably one of the best American remakes of Asian horror that I've seen. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's you got the same director. You had um, fuck, I can't remember her name now. Ivan Raimi. Who's Ivan? I don't know. Making jokes. Ivan. I don't know. It's fucking Sam Raimi's brother. Is that the lo- about. No, his name's Ted. Ted Raimi. That's the other. It's the other Raimi brother. And they have a third Raimi brother. Yes. Yeah, that's the Raimi brother. Nobody talks about. <laughs> Just like Tiffany Trump. Ooh, sorry guys, not really. So, you got me off track already. Well, because I don't want to talk about this movie either. I know. So, it's kind of canon with the other movies, but we didn't need to do this at all, except probably to keep the license. Exactly. So it was rated R because are you sure you should be making this? Yeah. And what's crazy is that the the poster is hideously misleading. There's no weird hair shit in this movie. Kayako's not even in this movie except for the very beginning. Because we've got this gal named Fiona. And she's apparently a caretaker in Japan at the cursed Saiki house. And she's like, this place is too weird. I gotta go home. And then something follows her home. So 
that is one of the you know that's how the the grudge gets across to america problem with this is we did this already in the grudge 3 and nobody liked that movie that was a terrible movie nobody like there's nothing redeemable about Grudge 3. It went direct to DVD. The uh, The biggest star in it is Marina Sirtis. Like, don't you have a TNG fan convention to be at? Dude. <laughs> what are you doing? So, again, this is a story that we've already done. There's nothing new to bringing the Grudge to America. The Grudge STD. Spooky transmissible disease. Yeah, and that's what I'm so mad about. Because when we had the Grudge remake with Sarah Michelle Gellar... They kept it in Japan, and yes. it was beautiful, and it was very interesting to see, you know, her being a foreigner and trying to kind of, like, uh, into try and, like, uh, immerse herself and live in a country where she can't really speak the language for the most part. You know, she's there for a boyfriend, apparently. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Just lost in translation. Yeah, sure. But with ghosts. Yes. Yeah. So, Fiona comes home. She's got the grudge with her. And she kills her family. Yep. Yep. And then this house, which is on Rayburn Street, uh, okay, uh, becomes the new grudge house. And then we have to jump around to all these different timelines where we see the people that have interacted with the house. It's but that's the thing, though. So this movie is trying to be Quentin Tarantino-esque with, like, oh, non-linear, but the time frame we're going through is, like, a year and a half at best. Mm, I would say it's a couple years. I mean, it's what, 2004 to 2008? No, it's 2004 to 2006. There's a 2008 part in there, I'm pretty sure. Maybe, I don't know. Ooh, I, I, I remember it being like, I was like, oh, the housing crisis is about to start. Maybe, maybe that was a 2006 portion. Maybe 2006, 2007 portion. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. It was still too. The, for how horrendous these people die in this house, and people keep dying in this house, and it's very close together it's like how to keep selling this fucking house like it's it's just stupid yeah well luckily john cho is a very good realtor uh, oh, so yeah because that's the thing so all the victims that we have in this house is the first family where it's kind of like hey i brought over this crazy souvenir from japan guess what it's this vengeful spirit ghost i'm gonna murder my family which i'm gonna have to point out I'm pretty sure that she brought uh, the dad ghost over. She, Because uh, I think, dude, I think Kayako and Toshio, they're just chilling back at the Psyche house in Japan being like, thank God that asshole's gone. Because, you know, he's the one that, that's, he's really the violent one. He's really the one that's fucking everything up. Kayako is, is just a, is essentially just like a very, like, uh, she's a tormented spirit. And she's trying to get people to see, like, the person that she was, at least in the first Juon and the first Grudge movie. You know, I haven't seen the other two in a couple, in a while. They probably lost that, lost that thread. They, you know, that nuance is surely gone. But, oh, I'm uh, sure. Yeah, but it was a, I will give give the movie this. It was an interesting story dynamic to have uh, the, have the mother essentially be the one that kills her family rather than a father. I guess, but it's also, she just kind of brought the spirit over as a world's worst souvenir also i was gonna say is when you see so when we're in japan you have to declare that when you come back into the states because it's a pain in the ass trying to get back into the states from exactly it's like in customs <laughs> form do you declare yeah, how anything? do i check that uh so but what i was gonna say is also to say is while we're still in japan the very opening scene this movie we see kayako and uh, toshio or yeah toshio toshio 
They're in the garbage up front, which should have been the fucking sign for this whole movie. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, it should have been. So come back. Instead of bringing um, fucking, I don't know, what would you bring back from Japan? Pocky? Oh, fuck it, whatever. Uh, she brings back uh, Vengeful Ghost. Yeah, like, can't she just bring back some of those green tea Kit Kats like normal people? Yeah. Jesus. So she, she, brings, she kills her husband and her daughter. Her daughter becomes the new ghost, but her daughter is, we, we cast this little girl, uh, spooky long-haired brunette girl, who is like, okay, why are we doing the ring? It, it very much feels like we're trying to force the ring into this. That's, uh, yeah, and that is, that is the, that's at the ending of the movie, but, like, when we got there, when we got to that ending, because you do hear, you get to hear the grudge noise throughout the movie, and I couldn't figure out which ghost was making it. Yes. Because Kayako, that w- those were, that was the noise she made while she was dying, and then as Being uh, Right, <laughs> and, yeah, and as a ghost, well, now you just have to make that noise forever. Yes. But it turns out it's this little girl... And I'm just like, wait, we started with the grudge and then you made the ending the ring. And I was so mad. I was like, I will shit in my seat. I literally said that in the theater (laughs) because how, how did you, why? Why would you just write it so it just, it's the fucking ring now? And the thing is, we the don't... What the fuck is wrong with you, Nicholas Pesci? We don't realize that the mother killed everybody until the very end of the movie anyway, because we were fucking mementoing this bullshit. Yeah, and the whole non-linear storytelling thing, that is something that, it, you know, we had that in The Grudge, we had that in Juon. It's, you can use it as a storytelling device, but you have to be a capable writer or director to make it work correctly. And this guy is neither. Mm-mm. That's why he's doing both jobs. Ugh. What sucks is that he probably is like a fan of the movie because uh, because you even hear mention some character says Juon. And I was like, oh, wow, you actually said it. You can have a point for that. Yes. And like most fanfics, it's fucking terrible. So um, <clears throat> the mother comes in, kills family. Um, next family moves in. Or actually, no, next family doesn't move in yet. They're, they're still kind of haunting the house slightly as uh, John Cho uh, is trying to sell the house as he's getting in Spike Spiegel's shape. Because we have that shower scene with John Cho. No, no, he sold the house to the Landers. No, no, that's what I'm saying. But no, he was selling the house from the family, the the mother family. No, but he sold the house to the Landers, the family that, you know, when when Fiona goes and kills her family. And he that's why like the No, no, no he's trying to sell it for them. Cuz when Fiona first gets I there I thought they were still trying he was trying to get them to sign the papers. No, to sign the papers to sell the house. Oh. Yeah, so like John Cho is trying to sell the house for them as a real estate agent. Um as Fiona, like, when Fiona first gets back to the house, you see the for sale sign up in the front of the house. Uh, John Cho is trying to help them to sell the house. Uh, she murders the family. They never sign the paperwork, which is why John Cho is always trying to go there to get paperwork signed mm-hmm. so they can sell the house to the next couple, um, which we'll get to in a second. Um, <clears throat> there are too many storylines There are happening. too many fucking storylines. And so uh, John Cho uh, comes across a little girl, and he's like, Oh, you left here alone by yourself for like 12 hours at the day. I, I don't find this weird at all. I'm not going to call the police on this. I'm just trying to sell a house because I'm fucking John Cho. Um, Who plays a character named Peter Spencer. And I feel like they tricked John Cho into, into this movie because he probably thought he was going to film Cowboy Bebop because he was like, oh, my character's last name is Spencer. We, I must be f- filming Cowboy Bebop early or something. I'm, I'm on what now? 
<laughs> doing the the, gr- the what? <laughs> the grudge? Never heard of it. What what character last name is Spencer in Cowboy Bebop? Never mind. I was thinking of Spike Spencer, the voice actor. I'm sorry. I'm a uh, weeb. Spike's, I'm a weeb. Spike's I'm so Spiegel sorry. Spike Spiegel. Spike Spencer is a voice actor. Oh, no. It's uh, something else Spencer. It's some... No, Spike Spencer is a voice actor. He did Shinji in Evangelion. Oh, there you go. I'm so sorry. I'm a weeb. Your 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 brain is I'm, like trying to find my brain. Any like way this movie broke my brain so much from this movie. Yeah, my yes. brain's trying to make sense of it. I'm sorry. <laughs> God. So anyway, John Cho uh, meets a little girl. A little girl haunts him now. So um, when he's John Cho's taking a shower, he gets the hand behind his head. You know that that one scene from the Graduate references. It's in front of his head. No, it's behind his head. No, you see it go over the front of his head. Oh. Like you see the finger. He, you have a, a shot. You see John Cho, like uh, the back of John Cho's head. And then you see fingers. They're just kind of gripping the back of his head because okay. they're coming from the front. Okay. That's what I saw. Yes. Well, that's probably what it is. So that's where it is. So yeah, the fingers are coming from the front because uh, little girl is haunting him because that's how she died he, oh oh she drowned is that what happens like with all grudge ghosts like in japan they come up from behind but because we're in america it goes the other way <laughs> like it's like the coriolis effect kind of no anyway because uh, little girl was drowned by her mother she um was held under the bathtub water blah 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 blah, blah. uh we found out later anyway so john cho haunted now uh spooked out um he come so that's the first time he comes back home and then the second time he comes back home also his wife's pregnant this entire time with a uh invalid kid yeah they, they do the Who's... test and they realize oh this this kid's gonna be super neat special needs was it called ads something like that yeah i was like i they didn't even bother to explain what it was just that that kid was probably not gonna it, it was either going to live for a very short time and require a lot of assistance in yes. order to live so and this was this is a very wasted story. Like we don't even need the John Cho and his pregnant wife storyline at all. Like mm-hmm. Betty Gilpin plays his wife. She was in Glow. She was the blonde wrestler. Oh What's yeah, her face? yeah, yeah. Lady Liberty, whatever it was. Yeah, the yeah, What's the that? the American yeah American gimmick, yes. American gimmick gal. America. Yeah. So I mean, she's wasted. And she's a good actress. She is. But also, can I also talk about um, how? This 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 whole like everybody who dies, uh, the couples who die are all interracial. Like this ghost is racist. Think so. Yeah, because it's John Cho and his white wife, and then the next couple who moves in is that black actor, uh, Frankie Faison and Lin Shay. Exactly. <laughs> Which like, I it, like both those actors. Yeah. However, Lin Shay either is is a make or break your horror movie. Either she's in the movie. And the movie is like, oh, wow, that was pretty decent. Or the movie shits the bed, which I know everybody likes fucking Insidious. You know, I think Insidious is hilarious. It's the f- one of the funniest fucking movies I've ever seen. I would probably call it like, I know, you know, horror Twitter's going to get on my ass. But yeah, Lin Shay was great in Insidious. Fine, whatever. But then she's also done shit like The Black Room, which if you've never seen that, do yourself a favor. Go watch it. We'll talk about it. That is that is an egregious movie. <laughs> so again, it is a make or break thing with having Lin Shay in there. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your horror nerds out there. I mean, like Lin Shay does a great job at it. Like she does, she she plays like crazy lady perfectly. She always does. Exactly. So she's playing typical Lin Shay role, mm-hmm. crazy lady. 
uh, they have an assisted suicide uh, person come uh, and take help take care of her, try to kill help help kill her. Uh, and then she explains to the husband, like, hey, you know, they have to be of sound mind. And then Che's like, hey, little girl, let's have a fun get-together play-along. And she's like, oh, no, she's crazy. Can't kill her. Husband's like, god damn it. Which I I have questions about that. I mean, I think it was just, like, Lin Shay's, with I mean, was he changing her diaper? Because she seems like she's, you know... She's just talking to talking to ghosts. I mean, yes. she's probably still technically a sound mind, except mm-hmm. for the part where she starts cutting off her fingers. But that's later on, also, or not really later on, earlier on, because uh, we're also skipping off our main people we're following in this whole fucking movie. We're following um, the world's smallest cop, Detective uh, Muldoon. Detective Muldoon. Uh, she is uh, this waif. Uh, is a she reminds me of Yoga Jones from Orange Is the New Black. Like, but see, a bit of that, uh, only less. Uh, Peppermint Patty, uh, not Peppermint Patty. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Marcy. No, 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 no. Patty Mayonnaise, because the she was the first oh. actress of Patty Mayonnaise. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But like, if you got rid of a hundred pounds off of her, which she doesn't have a hundred pounds. Like Yoga Jones doesn't have a hundred pounds to lose anyway. So this person is like tiny. Like, she won the anorexia fight between uh, the machinist. And uh, fucking uh, Doug Jones. I don't know. Like, it was just... Dude, and she has a little tattoo that you can see. And it was like, in one scene, it was like, a, it looks like an M, right? Yeah. I, and you pointed that out at first. And I was like, no, it's, she's a Scorpio. Yeah. Like, she's no, got her astrological sign, like, tattooed on her. And I'm like, that, all right. No, but I she has the same amount, she has the same for. amount of body fat on her as a scorpion. Yeah. Yeah. She's a tiny, tiny lady. But no, she's this rough and tumble cop now and she's but she's supposed to be playing this cop but every scene that involves her being a cop she is the world's worst cop like trying to like investigate the house and see she doesn't clear the rooms or anything or hold the gun properly or do anything right yeah well to be fair like her husband just died from cancer three months ago as the story tells us and she also has a young son who she's basically just like letting him stay wherever and that kid, you know, some of that movie, I'm like wondering, where's that kid at? Who's watching him? Nobody cares. Yeah, his father just died of cancer three months ago, and he's little. Maybe you want to pay more attention to but him. But she's always off investigating or talking to her new partner. I don't know what Spain country he's from. I, <laughs> a, actually, uh, that is, uh, I believe it's uh, Demian Bashir. He was the priest in The Nun. Remember that? Oh, God. Why'd you remind me of that fucking movie again? Sorry. Uh, Not sorry. But, uh, yeah, so it's it was very strange because everybody has very, like, Anglo names. But this guy, I can't, like, his accent goes all over the place. Yes. You know? And <sighs> his name is, I think it's Goodman. And I couldn't tell. There were times when he sounded like he, he was Spanish. And there were times when he sounded like he was Irish. And I was just like, just pick one. Just pick one. If you're going to sound Irish, fine. I don't care. But he doesn't want to go into that house either because it turned his old partner crazy. Yeah, who whose old partner goes crazy. Who we see the scenes of that where, like, he cuts his face up, like, want to know how I got these scars kind of shit. But right. it looks more like uh, Mickey Rourke and the wrestler kind of face. <laughs> that looks like just Mickey Rourke. Yeah. That's like Mickey Rourke after his boxing career. Yeah. Yeah. 
So anyway, so yeah, they're the crazy partner. That's who died from the house previously because he went into the house after they investigated when Lin Shay killed her husband. Uh, yeah, which I don't understand what we're doing with this movie because the only reason that we have Detective Muldoon and her whole storyline come in is that she's supposedly the main character and she comes into contact with the house because I think she was investigating the previous Well, no, no. So it comes back to they find a car in the forest and they're like, oh, this was the care worker oh, right. who went to this house. Right. And the detective... And the detective's like, the detective oh, fuck Goodman's, that house. Yeah, detective Goodman's like, oh, fuck that house. And and, and uh, Detective Tiny Bones is like, what's going on? I'm new to this investigation. Detective Tiny Bones, god damn it. I'm new to this area. I'm confused. <laughs> she looks like her... She's so slight. She looks like, like her bones are hollow like a bird. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, so she gets fucking nosy because I guess she needs something to do and something to distract her after her husband's death. But then she gets, and, and she goes to this house and that's where she finds Lin Shay who's cut off her fingers and her husband sitting in the recliner dead. But when we see the scene of Lin Shay killing her husband, she stabs him with a fork in the neck in the kitchen. So how did he make it to the fucking living room anyway? Did she drag him there and put him in front of the chair? Super ghost strength. I don't know, but also Lin Shay. So, Lin Shay, uh does this. The the care worker sees her, goes insane, and drives off the road. But that's where the movie starts, six months after they find the body. But somehow when they investigate the house, they see Lin Shay now in the house. She's still alive. She's still alive after cutting her fingers off and eating them. I guess so. And I guess she's black like... with rot. And this bitch hasn't died of sepsis. Mm-mm. Exactly. And then so, like, when that that's where our... Um, detective no little person um fucking just investigates finds her there like oh we need an ambulance there they take lin shay to the hospital and then they let lin shay walk around the hospital like she's clearly nuts and insane she and needs to be like locked into exactly. locked in a padded room or, or, and just put on restrictions like no let's let her walk around she's fine no oh, she found the fucking staircase that has an open hole in the center she's gonna fucking swan dive off the fucking top and that was a great death because you know she basically exploded when she hit the concrete like a blood filled balloon it was like boom that was the best death in the movie because i mean we really we, for considering this is an R and we could have gone harder with some of the things, I think the reason, you know, they only really go kind of hard with the death of the, uh, the little girl because you actually get, like, you get a, like, a, a close-up scene of the little, of the mother, like, drowning the girl and, like, hitting her head on the bottom of the bathtub, yeah, like, which, which is pretty rough. Yeah, yeah but, but and there's, like, that, like, I think this movie barely qualifies as R, and they made it R so they could sell it as, like, it's an R-rated movie. Yeah, but I think like, that child death really did it. Uh, maybe. I don't so, know. So, you know. I feel like I've seen worse child deaths in PG-13 movies. I don't uh, Yeah, I mean, like, eh, that's true. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, since we are having to also compare, like, remakes, too. So I know, like, Detective Tiny Bone. <laughs> I can't get over that. Detective Tiny Bones is, like, a terrible, negligent mother. But is she worse than, like, uh, Naomi Watts' character Rachel in The Ring? Close, uh, because in The Ring, you know, uh, whatever his name, little kid was, 
uh, was 100% like, I'm an adult because I had to be an adult. Yeah, like super parentified immediately. Exactly. Like, like he's seven, but he's that's like, the soul of a 57-year-old. I know. Like, he had to lay out her clothes for the funeral they go to. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, back to back to this movie. I'm trying to. I don't hate the ring as a remake. It's a good remake. It is. I just yeah, but I'm trying to avoid talking about this movie because it's so utterly terrible. And we only have one spooky scene with the little boy, even though we kind of hint at there would be more at the beginning of the movie. Because when the little boy doesn't want to move, he's, he's the mom's like, "Hey, what do we do when we're scared? We cover our eyes and count to five. It's like, oh, this is a good playoff later. They do it once, and it's just kind of like for nothing. There's a lot of for nothing things in this movie. The whole thing about covering your eyes is, you know, came from Juan, came from the English grudge. And I'm trying to explain this the right way. But when you're closing, when you have your eyes, when you have your hands over your eyes, essentially you can kind of see the ghosts like as they were when they were human. There's a like a big kind of like big reveal. I think it would probably be more accurate to say it's in Juon than the than the the Grudge remake with uh, Michelle Sarah Michelle Geller. But there's a part where uh, our main character Rika she looks in a mirror in the Saiki house and she sees Kayako in it and covers her eyes and then you know kind of sees the human form and then we flash back to all the parts where she's being haunted by Kayako. By Kayako doesn't look like the look like a jure, which is the creepy Japanese ghost. She just looks like her human self. Exactly. She's trying to be helpful. She's trying to be Casper. Right. And at that point, you know, that and at that point after, you know, Rika sees all that stuff that happened to Kayako, Kayako just kind of fucks off. Because again, it's just one of this is the nuance that is missing from this movie and even the American Grudge Two and Grudge Three is that Kayako was just trying to trying to reach out and be understood for what she was because she was confused, you know? I mean, yeah, she was killing people, but she was just like, I don't know why I'm here, and she keeps touching people, and they keep dying, and she's like, uh. Exactly. So I, I think with that, uh, when you told me about that, I was like, oh, that makes sense, because when you cover your eyes, you're recreating what her life was. P uh, people were ignoring and covering their eyes, to the trauma and abuse he was experiencing to, from her husband. Yeah, although we don't really get a big solid, uh, we don't have like any sort of like a grudge prequel, so we don't really know if that domestic abuse, not that, like I'm saying domestic abuse is just like not a big deal if it only happens once. I'm just saying we don't know if it was a prolonged thing, but we can, you know, we, we we pretty much tell that she it. was killed in a jealous rage. Yeah, we can kind of get that, and that's kind of what uh, is good about that movie is they leave you enough little small clues and inferences and things here and there like oh i can piece things together whereas this movie's like i shit the bed can you tell what i ate last night <laughs> yes exactly 100 yes also another thing that i didn't need because this movie takes place in america we are using a lot of four and nines in this movie. Yes, so many four. I, I leaned over you because you know more about the Japanese culture than I do. And it's like, does this mean something in Japan? You're like, yes. Yeah. I was like, then why the fuck are we doing it in America? Yeah, so we've got the, the, the American Grudge House, which is on Rayburn. It's on 44 Rayburn. And then Detective Tiny Bones lives in a house that's number 14. But there's a four in there. And then the police station, 
it's nu- it's numbered 999 and those are both bad luck numbers i think four is probably worse than nine four is four is like the death number i guess uh there are different ways to say both of those in japanese and it's okay if somebody wants to call me out on this because i don't know all the background about numerology in japanese but uh you know you've got one ichi ni uh which is two san which is three and then four, you know, if you're counting, it's like each ni san shi, but shi means death because shinu is to die. And so the alternate pronunciation is yon. And then uh, each ni san shi, go roku shichi hachi, and then nine is ku or kyu. So I am uh, not 100% sure on the whole thing with nine, but I know that those are both. No good numbers. Yeah, this movie can go Roku itself. <laughs> it can go. It can go six itself. Go five, five, six itself. Oh my god! Do you want to say eighty? Like, are you like? It could go eighty-six itself. There yeah. you go. Whatever. Anyway, it can go, go Hachi Judoku itself. <laughs> it's the most Japanese studying I've done lately. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I could understand if this was taking place in Japan and you wanted to put that in. You know, maybe have somebody remark on it. It would make more sense. Maybe, but since but it's in America, what, exactly. nobody knows this. And unless knows you're this. a fucking weeb. And the thing is, the Japanese ghost is going by these Japanese rules in America, and nobody could give a fuck less. I don't even think they're going by any rules in this, because it seems like the Grudge House is just like a zombie plague almost. Or it's like they're trying to be make references to things, like, oh, we're referencing Japan by doing this. Like, you know, in the previous movie we talked about underwater by referencing Alice in Wonderland shit. But you have to have some kind of foreknowledge already about this yeah. to get these things. Mm-hmm. Just, just why? And I, I think, like, the way that this movie ends is Detective Tinybones decides she's just going to burn down the house. And what's great... She's like, she's, she takes the kid and says, I'm going to take you someplace safe, right? She gets in her car, and the, ga- and the kid's in the back. Gas can is up front in the seat. She pulls up to the house. The kid's still in the back seat. The window's halfway down. Exactly. Like, she leaves him in the car. Like, exactly. Like, she leaves him I'm gonna in the leave car. You, I'm going to take you to a safe <laughs> place and leaves him in the car while in she... In front of the house she's going to burn down. That is the haunted house of this whole fucking movie. And it's not like she's like, oh, maybe you'd be safe in the car. Maybe, but she leaves the window half fucking down. Like, it's like, oh, he's a dog. I keep the, uh, in case he gets overheated. It's fucking night. This is the fucking northwest or northeast. Well, it's the northeast. northeast. It's in Pennsylvania. Whatever. It's not, it's kind of cold anyway. Jesus Christ. I'm really disappointed. Like, we had, you know, we had this set in Pennsylvania. Where are the Amish? That <laughs> would be, okay, see, this is how, you know, this is how you make an interesting interesting uh, grudge remake or sequel whatever the fuck you want to call this you know you have some Amish person go rumspringa go to Japan go to the psyche house bring back the curse that okay Amish grudge Japanese I'm down for it I am down for Amish grudge that would be great but dude and does she does that house burn all the way down I mean like all I remember was seeing the flames and then they flash to the the street sign Ray burn burn you get it you get it you fucking get it I mean there's also like as as much as he's trying to like swiggle this you know like uh gas tank that weighs twice her weight around this fucking apartment or the house it somehow is like the world's greatest uh accelerant ever 
uh, of trying to get this house on fire. Mm-hmm. But the thing is also, she does the first floor first with mm-hmm. gasoline, goes up the stairs to do more, then goes back downstairs again. It's kind of like, this is so far, so she can experience all the trauma of the past to see it. I don't know. There was no rhyme or reason. We had to have a reason to show this shit. So we made our character do it. Yeah, and then it turns out, okay, oh, we're safe, and, you know, well, then... Yeah, like, she burns the house down. It magically goes down easily. Nobody gives a fuck about it. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we're safe, and, you know, you see, it's like, probably... This is apparently the next day she's sending her son off to school after yes. he's just watched her commit arson. <laughs> and, dude, parenting, do you know it? Oh, my God. So, she sent this kid off to school, and... I, I, she gives him a hug goodbye, and she's and then all of a sudden in the background you see the actual kid who's like, "Bye, mom, going to school," yeah, and she's school hugging and she's hugging the little girl ghost or whatever. Yes, and then little girl grows at that point makes the noise, makes the grudge noise, and that is the end of our movie. So I'm like, is this the new grudge house? Because no. This movie looks like shit. It's written like shit. It's directed like shit. Some of the acting's okay. Lin Shane, Frankie Faison, you can stay. Yes. But it's unequivocally the worst movie of 2020. That I I don't think I don't think I'm going to see a worse movie this year because it was just so unnecessary to even make this movie, and then you shit all over it, dude. I mean, you missed all of the nuance. You missed all of the, the, like, the beautiful tragedy of the original story. You just were trying, you know, you're just trying to make a buck. And I get it. It's Hollywood. But what a fucking waste. And you know what really annoyed me is even more? Was there is a yellow tinge all throughout this movie. Like, somebody Piss. just pissed all over it. And that, yeah, that is probably the nicest thing I can say about it. I I seriously I would rather marry my own shit than see this movie ever again. So bad. And when the you know, dude, as soon as the credits rolled and they reveal who the director was, which is like Nicholas Pesci, and I'm probably mispronouncing that. Good. Could be pesky, I'm <laughs> not sure. Whatever. I was like, fuck you, Nicholas Pesci. And then Sam Raimi popped up because, of course, he's an executive producer because Ghost House did, you know, the original uh, remake of The Grudge. I'm like, fuck you, Sam Raimi. Well, he has to collect a check for his name to be on it. I'm sure they're like, hey, we pay you a couple thousand dollars, pay you money, money." I guess. How bad could it be? (laughs) I know. I don't know. I mean, it's like, don't you have to put money into something if you're some sort of producer to get that credit? Not always. Executive producers more just, it's, it's a title to get more money out of things. Ugh. Anyway, guys, just don't don't subject yourself to this movie. Like, you want to go see a horror movie but have a better time? Go see Cats. At least you'll get a laugh out of that. There's nothing to really laugh at here. The jump scares suck. Nothing's creepy. Everyone's terrible. Except Frankie Faison, Lin Shay. <laughs> so do you... What's your, what's your rating on oh, this? Oh, we're giving ratings. Okay. Uh, I would give this... Um that one time in college you decided to like drink cheap tequila and have Taco Bell all day okay I could see that this is let's see it's not as bad as I like 
we hated Hellboy, which is you know. Oh, you know that, that was I was going to say that that was the worst of twenty nineteen. Thankfully, it was the worst movie of twenty nineteen. I wouldn't, you know, I would definitely, if I had to, I'd I'd rather go watch The Grudge again than Hellboy because it was so bad. We left the movie early and we didn't do an episode on it because it's horrible and it's disjointed. But let's see, what would I rather do than watch The Grudge? I would probably rather pull out my own teeth with pliers than go watch The Grudge again. So Tommy Knockers. Yeah. Exactly. I'd rather fake being a zombie in Tommyknockers than be sit to this movie again. Yeah. And please, guys, you, you, you guys just have to tell me your experiences with this movie. Because besides us, there were five other people in the theater. There was somebody out there. He was the only person in the theater. So, yeah, it's bad. It's no good, but, you know, hit us up on Twitter uh hit us up on facebook or instagram um you know we're not really super active on instagram unless we have something really interesting to post like image wise so usually we're more active on facebook and twitter or you can just send us an email at shibijibies at outlook.com either one of those oh also uh tall chris and i play pokemon go so if anybody wants to join us like i need new friends because i'm trying to hit all these like special research quests things so i'm also shibijibies on pokemon go chris do you know your handle on pokemon go uh yes i am that tall guy which is usually my uh handle for a lot of stuff is it just that tall guy or is it cz something i think it's that tall guy because sometimes if there's a that tall guy's already taken i'll do that that tall guy cz and things okay but yeah, no, really, like, look us up at Pokemon Go. We, you know, we're trying to build up uh, stamina for when we have to walk around Vegas for the wedding. But until next time, please, for fuck's sake, do not bring a grudge ghost over to the, to the United States. Do me a favor.